This is the Radio Bible Class, and I'm your host, Tim Carter. We welcome you to our Bible study as the Radio Bible Class streams across the nation and around the world. We bring to you a message how Christ ministers to his disciples after the resurrection. We greet you on the internet and radio with a message that Jesus is alive today. Now, today's lesson is titled God's Providence, and it comes from 1 Samuel 9, 1 through 24. But before we start our lesson today, Word Talking could use your support. Now, playing music on the radio may sound simple, but actually it's quite costly due to publishing rights and royalties. And before that first song is ever played, there's utility bills and tower rental fees and maintenance and so forth. We need people just like you to help with a tax-deductible gift. So won't you do that today? You can do that by calling us at 601-483-8648. And there they can take your information safely and securely over the phone or mail us your gift to Word Talk, Inc., P.O. Box 4334, Meridian, Mississippi, 39304. Now, your gift to Word Talk, Inc. is IRS-approved as a 501c3 tax-exempt ministry. Now, your contribution is never used for salaries or managerial purposes, but 100% of it goes to the expense of providing the good news of Jesus Christ to our listening area. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. If you'd like to go back and listen to a previous lesson, you can do that by going to our podcast website. That's Radio Bible Class with no spaces between radiobibleclass.podbean.com. And also you can catch us on iTunes by going to the podcast section and searching for WMER Radio Bible Class with no spaces between Radio Bible Class. Now today we pick back up in the ninth chapter of 1 Samuel. We are in a transition, though. As I told you last week, in chapter 8, we were seeing the end of Samuel, and, and now we're going to see the rise of Saul. When we look back at the life of Samuel, we saw his birth. We saw how God spoke to him as a child. We saw him as an adult as he became a judge to rule the nation of Israel. If you remember last week, the nation of Israel was asking God for a king, just like other nations. They didn't like Samuel's sons that were, didn't walk in his ways. And Samuel has become an old man. And so they ask a request of God that they have a king and be like everybody else. We have to be careful that we don't always conform to the world. We are called to be transformed. That's what we see in Romans 12. Anyhow, God is not pleased with their request, but he chooses to go ahead and answer their prayer anyhow. One of the other lessons I told you is that we need to be careful what we ask. God might just answer it. I talked about, I used to watch a TV show called Fantasy Island. There, people would pay money to come out to the island to live out a fantasy they always wanted, and Mr. Rourke would grant that fantasy. But there was a cryptic piece to their fantasies. There were parts of their fantasy that they didn't think about. And we saw that also last week, that the nation of Israel was warned that there would be bad consequences by having a king or a man rule over them instead of God. I don't know if you have a favorite TV show that you watch, but occasionally you'll have one that says to be continued. And that's kind of what happened last week we saw to be continued. When we left the book of 1 Samuel, the people were asking God for a king. God was not pleased. And now we finally find out what happens next. Here today in chapter 9, we're going to see everything is about God's providence. Now, God's providence simply means that it's his amazing way for him to supervise all things to provide for his people. And we're going to see right here in 1 Samuel chapter 9 that he does that 
And he does it by first getting this man named Saul to go chase donkeys. And as he's going across the countryside, he's going to have him run into this priest, this judge named Samuel. God's going to speak to Samuel and tell him that this is the man I want you to anoint king. And so all this happens, and it looks like just coincidence. And I bet in your life, if you look back to the rearview mirror of your life, you would see that there have been the providence of God's hand in your life. Those coincidences, those incidents, those divine appointments is what I call them, that God sets up that makes a change in your life. At the time, it may not have made sense, but God had a plan and a special plan just for you. And it's his providential hand that makes all that fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. So that's where we're going to pick up today. So let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 9, starting in verse 1. I'll read verse 1 through 5, and I'll be reading out of the ESV. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, son of Becherath, son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a man of wealth. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man. Now there was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any other people. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. So Kish said to Saul, his son, Take one of the young men with you and arise. Go and look for the donkeys. And as he passed through the hills of the country of Ephraim and passed through the land of Shalashus, but they did not find them. And they passed through the land of Shalem, but they were not there either. Then they passed through the land of Benjamin, but they did not find them. So what we see right here in these first four verses is God's providential hand already starting to work. Now, as we look at God's working in Saul's life, we learn some important truths about how God's work in each of our lives. Sometimes we think God only works through big and spectacular moments in our life. But the very incident of him controlling losing donkeys in Saul's life shows us that every little detail God works in our life. And what we see in this chapter is that there's two things going on. God is preparing the way for the coming of Christ through the kingship of Israel. But God is also preparing a way for a king of a man named Saul. Even though Saul is ultimately not God's choice, that was really going to be David, God gives him every chance and every opportunity to shine as the first king of Israel. So we see right here at first glance that Saul was just an ordinary man, yet he was rich. He was also good looking. Matter of fact, the Bible says there was no one more good looking than Saul. So Saul comes from his father Kish, who's a man of standing in the community. He's wealthy. He has influence. And they own donkeys and servants. It also tells us that Saul came from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, Benjamin was the smallest of the 12 tribes, and it bordered Judah and was strategically located right between the northern and the southern tribes. And not only was he good looking, but he was tall. His genes were that he was tall. Matter of fact, it says that he was a head taller than other people. Now, from archaeological digs and back in this time, the average height was about 5'6 or 5'7. So this would make Saul somewhere between 6'1 and 6'3. And so it says that he's a head taller than any other. And that means he probably would have been on a basketball team if he lived in our day to day. 
And then last, him being tall like this is probably what man would have looked for. If a king is to look distinguished and have certain physical appearance, then Saul is every bit of that. He's good looking. He's tall. He comes from a family of influence. So Saul has everything that man would look for in a king. But let me point out, even though God gives Saul many opportunities, Saul is not what God wanted in a king. It's not what God wanted for them, which is why this is not going to work out in the long run. You might be going, Tim, why are you spending so much time on his background? Well, first of all, God is at work in your family background. Each of you have a history of a family background that has brought you to where you are today. You may or may not like your family background, but let me assure you that it is no accident. It is part of God's providential hand. We read in Acts 17, 26, from one man, God made every nation of men. And he determined the time to set for them and the exact places where they should live. God placed you in your family for a reason, and he's using your circumstances to bring about his purpose in your life. That's why it's important to look at the family background of Saul. Just like Saul being used by God's providential hand, you are being used by God as well, whether you believe it or not. And the other thing I want you to see that not only is God at work in your family background, but God uses your interruptions and your setbacks in your life through his providential hand. We saw in verses three and four that Saul's family lost these donkeys. So he sent off on this fruitless mission looking for these lost donkeys in the hill country of Ephraim. He and his servants travel up and down all around, but can't find them. They travel for three days and they can't find them. Now, in those days, about 25 miles would have been as far as you could go in a day. So he's about 75 miles away from home. And why is he away from home? Because of an interruption. Let me ask you, have you ever faced an interruption or a setback in your life? Would it help you to know that God is at work through that interruption or that setback? Well, it should. Saul thought he was just looking for donkeys, but God was guiding him to what was going to happen in his life. And the setback that you're thinking of right now as I talk about interruptions and setback may be a very instrumental part, just like it was for Saul. Whatever you're facing today, God has a hand in it. The old saying that you can take lemon and make lemonade, God can take an interruption or a setback and make something good from it. You just have to lay it at his feet. Quit trying to do it and in your own strength, walk in God's plan and let him unfold. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your pathway straight. Sometimes God has to put a setback or an interruption in our life so he can wake us up so that we can get back on the path so he can make it straight. Today, trust in the Lord, whatever you're going through. Don't lean on your understanding, but acknowledge him. Give it to him, and he will make sure you follow the plan he has for you. But the other thing I want you to see, not only does God work through the family and through setbacks and eruption, but God works through the people he's placed in your life around you. Look with me at verses 5 through 10. When they came to the land of Zeus, Saul said to his servant, who was with him? Come, let us go back, lest my father cease to care about the donkeys and become anxious about us. 
But he said to him, Behold, there is a man of God in the city, and he is a man who is held in high honor. All that he says comes true. So let us go there. Perhaps he can tell us the way that we should go. Then Saul said to his servant, But if we go, what can we bring this man? For the bread in our sacks is gone, and there is no present to bring to this man of God. What do we have? And the servant answered Saul again, Here, I have with me a quarter of a shekel of silver, and I will give it to the man of God to tell us our way. Now, formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he said, Come, let us go to the seer, for today's prophet was formerly called a seer. And Saul said to the servant, Well said, Come, let us go. So they went up to the city where the man of God was. Right here, we see that God is at work in other people. He uses the servant to help guide Saul to Samuel. After three days, Saul has gotten tired. He's discouraged and he's ready to go back. But the servant suggests that they go see the seer or the prophet who lives in the town nearby. The word seer was simply an older word for prophet. When Saul objects that they don't have anything to give the seer or the prophet, once again, the servant comes through. He has some money stashed away that they can use for a payment. The servant makes the right suggestion and he has the necessary resources for the journey to continue as God has planned for them. Now you might wonder about some of the people that God has placed in your life, but I want you to be rest assured that God is at work in those people that he's placed around you. People come and go in your life and God puts them there for a reason, for us to learn from it. And then finally, I want you to see that God is at work at the timing of all the events. Look at verses 11 through 14 with me. As they went up to the hill to the city, they met young women coming out to draw water and said to them, Is the seer here? And they answered, He is. Behold, he is just ahead of you. Hurry, he has come just now to the city because the people have a sacrifice today on the high place. As soon as you enter the city, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat till he comes, since he must bless the sacrifice. Afterwards, those who are invited will eat. Now go up, for you will meet him immediately. So they went up to the city, and they were entering the city. They saw Samuel coming out towards them on his way up to the high place. So let's recap all this. They just so happened to lose some donkeys. The servant just so happens to have some money stashed away. Now they just so happen to run into these girls that are coming down to draw water at the right time. They ask the girls about this prophet, and the girls tell them that, yeah, if you hurry on up, you'll see him. It also turns out the prophet just so happens to arrive in town just today. Saul and his servant have been out looking for donkeys for three days. And yet the timing is perfect about everything. If they had arrived one day earlier, then he wouldn't have been there. If they had arrived one day later, it may have been too late. See, everything is working on God's time and everything is coming together through his providential hand. God's timing is always perfect and you need to remember that. And we see that right here. They show up and Samuel show up on the same day at the right time. But the other thing I want you to catch is not only did they show up and Samuel show up at the right time, but they show up for a special feast that they know nothing about. Sometimes the timing of things seem off in your life. Everything seems amiss. You feel like you're waiting forever for things to come together. 
but know that God is at work in your life and the timing of events for your life. Your timing may seem all for you, but God's timing is always perfect. God is always at work in your family background. God is at work in the interruptions and the setbacks of your life. God is at work with the people that he's placed there in your life. God is at work in the timing of all the events. So much that life seems ordinary and down to earth and just coincidence and such things happening. But nothing is by coincidence. Everything is through God's time and God's plan. And he has a big plan and we play a part in it. And just like Saul looking for donkeys, we may not always see what God has for us. But God is using his hand to guide your plan all the way through your life. So we've seen God's guiding hand. We've seen the family. We've seen God uses everything. We've seen God's timing is perfect, that his plan is perfect. His plan is bigger than you and me. And God reveals his plan in his time. And that's what I want to look at right now. God reveals his plan in his time. Look at verse 15 with me. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord revealed to Samuel, Tomorrow about this time I will send to you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him to be the prince over my people Israel. He shall save my people from the hand of the Philistines, for I have seen my people because their cry has come to me. So here before Samuel even meets Saul, God is already revealing his plan to him in the right time. He's telling him tomorrow, this man from Benjamin is going to show up and I want you to anoint him king. Saul and his servant thought they were just looking for donkeys, but before they ever got to town, God had already revealed his plan to Samuel. You may be listening to me today wondering, what is God doing in your life? How did I get here? Where do I go next? God's plan precedes your present circumstance. You can trust him to lead you to the next step. He may not have shown it to you yet, but he already knows the next step and you have to trust him. And the other thing I want you to see is God will tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. He told Samuel when? The day before. Samuel is someone that had a relationship with God that God spoke to all the time. God could have told him anytime. God waited till the day before. And that was the perfect time for Samuel to know. And then when Samuel did see Saul, God confirmed it. God told him this is the man. God told him what he needed to know when he needed to know it. God will do the same for you. We always want to have all the information up front, but God doesn't usually work that way. And I'm glad he doesn't because if he told me too much, I would get ahead of God. And we see right here, here's a person, Samuel, that doesn't get ahead of God because he trusts God and he lets God tell him what he needs to know when he needs to know it. And I'm hoping that you see that you can take comfort in knowing that God will tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. Now, it's important to note that in this story that Samuel doesn't choose Saul as king. God did. Samuel is just the guy in the middle. In chapter 8, the people came to Samuel asking God for a king. And in chapter 9, God answers their prayer by giving Saul to Samuel. God sends Saul to Samuel and God prepares Samuel for Saul's arrival. Samuel didn't choose Saul as king. God did. Now, Saul's case is a special one. He will be the first king of Israel. But God's providence isn't just for kings, it's for all of us. Proverbs 16.9 tells us, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. God's providence extends to you and to me. 
God is working out his plan in your life. He, I've seen him work out his plan in my life time after time, and he's doing that for you too. And sometimes we don't understand God's plan, and that's okay. In fact, that's the way it's supposed to be. Proverbs 20, 24 says, A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? In other words, how we're supposed to understand. You don't have all the foresight that God does. God sees the whole picture. We only see a part. And of course, we're not going to understand God's ultimate plan because we don't have the view that God has. And finally, I want you to see God's divine appointment. Finally, we come to the last section in this chapter and we see God's divine appointment that God has set for Samuel and Saul. There are two things we can learn from these verses. First, God's plan is often different from your plan. Let's look at that. Look at verses 18 through 21 with me. Then Saul approached Samuel at the gate and said, Tell me where is the house of the seer? Samuel answered Saul, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for today you shall eat with me, and in the morning I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your mind. And as for your donkeys, they were lost three days ago. Do not set your mind on them, for they have been found. And for whom is all that is desirable in Israel? It is not for you or for all your father's house. Saul answered, Am I not a Benjamite from the least of the tribes of Israel? And is not my clan the humblest of all the clans of the tribes of Benjamin? Why then have you spoken to me this way? So here we see that Saul comes to Samuel and he asks him about the donkeys. But before Saul can even say a word, Samuel tells him, Hey, don't worry about those donkeys. They've already been found. And then he says, go on up and eat in the feast because the day you're going to eat with me. And you're not here about the donkeys. It never was about the donkeys. God's plan was different from your plan. And I need you to go up there because I'm going to reveal to you what God's plan is. And a matter of fact, Samuel tells Saul, in the morning I'll let you go and I'll tell you all that is in your heart. God knew what was in Saul's heart. And guess what? God knows What's in your heart? God knows your plan too. He knows that some of it is good. Some of it lines up with his plan, but he also knows that some of it's not so good and doesn't line up. But you and I should take comfort in knowing that God knows our heart and he has a plan for us and he knows what's best for us. And then we see in verses 20 and 21 that Samuel tells him that it's the desire of Israel to turn to Saul and his family. Israel is wanting a king, and now Samuel reveals that he is going to be the king. Saul is going to fulfill that request. And Saul's not quite ready for this. So he protests. He says, hey, man, I'm just a Benjamin. We're a tiny tribe, and my tribe is the smallest of all of them. You know, the funny thing is, God had already told Samuel that he was going to send someone from Benjamin. And so what happened? Saul protests using the Benjamin card. And guess what? He confirms what God had already told him. So the first thing we see is that God's plan is often different from our plan. And then the second thing we see that God's plan is always better than our plan. Look at verses 22 through 24 with me real quick. Then Samuel took Saul and his young men and brought them into the hall and gave them a place at the head of those who had been invited, who were among 30 people. And Samuel said to the cook, bring the portion I gave you of which I said to you, put it aside. So the cook took up the leg and what was on it and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, see, what was kept is set before you. Eat because it was kept for you until this hour appointed that you might eat with all the guests. 
So Saul ate with Samuel that day. And when they came down from the high place in the city, a bed was spread for Saul on the roof, and he lay down to sleep. And then at break at dawn, Samuel called to Saul on the roof, up that I may send you on your way. So Saul arose, and both he and Samuel went out into the street. And they were going down to the outskirts of the city. Samuel said to Saul, tell the servant to pass on before us. And when he has passed on, stop here yourself for a while, that I may make known to you the word of God. I'm out of time, so let me really close with this final section right here that Saul is given the seat of honor at this special feast that they're having, and he even has food set aside for him for his honor. There is a special portion for Saul that was set aside that Samuel knew about, and he's probably told the cook, I have invited guests coming, so set this aside for them. Now, I don't know what God has planned for you. What I do know, though, you may not always get the seat of honor. You may not even get the best portion of food like Saul did. You may not get a lot of the things that the world values most. But I do know this, that God's plan is better than anything that you have planned for yourself. God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. These words were originally written for Israel. But I believe today that they are applicable to all believers. If you are in Christ, if you have believed on Christ's finished work on the cross, God is at work in your life for the good of his glory. So yes, God has a plan and often it's different from our plan. But God has a plan that's always better than our plan. So in closing, let me just say, so much of our lives are just ordinary day-to-day events that don't seem to hold any special meaning. Sometimes we get discouraged by the interruptions and the distractions and the frustrations and the setbacks. Sometimes you feel like you're walking in circles going nowhere. And in other words, a lot of life is just looking for donkeys like Saul did. Saul thought he was just out looking for donkeys, but what was special about this is that God had lined up those donkeys, that interruption, so that he could anoint him as king. So let me tell you, don't get discouraged by life. Don't get frustrated by the interruptions and the setbacks. Don't get discouraged by the daily grind. God died for you to make you his very own. You may feel like you're out looking for donkeys, but God is building a kingdom. And you never know how God is going to use your life and your actions for his glory for that kingdom. God is at work in the ordinary details of your life. So make your goal to serve and glorify God when he places you wherever he does. So will you do that today? Will you give your life to Christ? Will you allow him to be the steps? Will you put all your trust in him? Will you not lean on your own understanding, but all your ways acknowledge him so that he can make your path straight? Let us pray. Dearly Father, we come before you today, Lord. We thank you for our time together. Lord, I thank you for this lesson. It seems so ordinary, so run-of-the-mill, chasing after donkeys that are lost, a setback in our life. Yet you're able to teach us principles how you take the ordinary, the events that happen in our life, and you place them there so that you can have your plan work out in our life. Lord, you put us in the family that we're in for a reason. When things seem to interrupt our life, you did that for a reason. The people you put in our life, you did that for a reason. And your timing is always perfect. Lord, let us understand all this because it's important that we understand that you have a perfect plan for us. And when we follow on your plan, then life is straight. 
Lord, I pray for the ones right now that are trying to do it in their own strength. Lord, maybe they put their life in you. They've asked you to be Lord of their life and they have accepted you. They're saved, but they're still trying to go through life on their plan, through their strength, instead of walking on your plan. Lord, I pray today that they would give their life to you. Lord, that they would turn over things and they would yield to you. They would die to the flesh and they would walk in the spirit. Lord, maybe there's one that doesn't know you. Lord, I pray today would be the day that they would ask you to be Lord of their life. They would confess with their mouth. They would believe with their heart and that your word tells us that we will be saved. Lord, I pray they'll do that today. Lord, it's in your name we pray. We thank you for all the many blessings you give this ministry. It's in Jesus' name, amen.